Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of In the Zone. In this episode, we're going to be covering all wrestling from the weekend. Uh, NXT TakeOver kicked it off. Then we had SummerSlam, Monday Night Raw, and Tuesday Night SmackDown Live. Uh, first, we're going to kick it off with the NXT TakeOver. I'm here with Chris Martelli, Anthony Piniello, who are both in attendance at NXT TakeOver. Uh, Chris, I'm going to start it off with you. What were your highlights of NXT TakeOver? Um, the, my highlights were basically the whole show. There wasn't really a lot of flaws, but if there was one thing that really stood out for me and what I enjoyed was the EO and Candice match. Holy shit. I didn't think this match would go longer than like seven minutes. I thought that this was going to be like a, I remember before in our pod, I said, I could see Candice winning, but man, like I didn't think it'd be this long. I didn't think they would like make Candice have a remote shot and they made Candice a star here I think and we all know how good EO is she's arguably the greatest on the roster and um I think it was the perfect decision to have her basically just faint and you know the arm just dropped and that was it uh, the headlock and EO got the better of her and uh you just make two great women uh stars now there and uh you could set up an, uh, any program with Shayna down the line so I think it's a win-win for them there but I also really loved Roderick Strong's performance in the triple threat match. He's just a guy you could insert into any match, and it'll just make him more entertaining, and it'll make it work. So that's it. That's what so I enjoyed. Pinello, what did you uh, highlight to the show for you? Uh, I want to say the opening match, the tag team title match. Uh, I think most people know what to expect now out of uh, O'Reilly and Fish. They're two very consistent performers, and then have the up-and-coming uh, Street Profits there. It was just an awesome, awesome match. Uh the atmosphere, though, was just amazing. So it was, it was my first NXT show. And just seeing how all of these uh, great wrestlers were applauded was amazing. Because like, regardless of how uh, the situation, like the product, what state they're in, when you go to the show, I kind of turn like, into a five-year-old again. And I just kind of cheer for everyone. So just being there was like my lone highlight. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with Pinello, too. Like, It's a completely different atmosphere for NXT. It's a lot smaller. Like You feel kind of... Like, I don't know, like, you're, you're kind of, you feel a lot more close, and the crowd is just insane. They're in, a lot more invested. There's not a lot of people going up all the time, you know, to get drinks or whatever. Like, a lot of people just staying in their seats to watch. It is a shorter show as well, which is, it's great. It's not as tiring, but, man, that main event, fuck. That was uh, arguably the best match I've ever seen live, but that's really not fair because it was a 46-minute, like, perfect, like, perfection and uh, I think the right guy won. I think Adam Cole retaining was the perfect thing. Um, all I'm going to say is the crowd was all about Adam Cole. Um, throughout the whole show, Adam Cole, baby, that's all you heard in the crowd. Um, <laughs> even, at was, even at SummerSlam. Even at SummerSlam. Even last night. Um, yeah, Adam Cole's a star. And if they screw up with him, come the, the main event roster, I really don't know what to do because he's already better than probably – 85 90 percent of wwe's main roster so just a treat to go watch um the actually the thing that i really liked too was uh after the match we gave gargano a standing ovation um if this means it was his last match he wasn't on raw last night so we're not really sure yet maybe he's on smackdown tonight hopefully fingers crossed but yeah man like gargano hasn't had a bad match that i can at least remember at least on these NXT takeover shows. He's been, we talked about it on the subway, like coming home. 
think he's been a part of the last three straight NXT uh, match of the year candidates. So to me, Gargano, he's he's more than ready to take the ball and run with it in WWE. Do you think like Gargano or not? Yeah, Gargano. Do you think he'll be on SmackDown or what are your thoughts if he goes to 205 Live instead? I was just going to say the worst thing they can do <laughs> as great as 205 has been recently. Uh, the way Johnny's kind of been coming up as the main guy in NXT, that kind of results in like a main a main roster push. If you were to go, like guys get sent to 205, and it's kind of like a demotion. But like, oh, he'll get more time over there. For Johnny, it's like, no, he's a star. He's got to be on Raw or SmackDown. He's got to be showcased. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world. They should throw him in a program right away with, um, I don't know, Shinsuke. It really doesn't matter. Just have him on every week. He's just awesome stuff. I would have him on. I'd probably have him on SmackDown, the wrestler brand. Yeah. So now uh, turning our attention to SummerSlam, <laughs> jam-packed show. Started off with Buddy Murphy and uh, Paulo Cruz, and that uh, they had that program carry over with Rowan coming out and teasing something oh, that God. him and Daniel Bryan are probably involved in. Uh, the great Cruiserweight title match. I was surprised at the crowd how amped up they were for this. That was a good match, actually. And, uh, you know, Drew Gulak, he's got a good fan base in Toronto. I think he should uh, consider moving to Toronto. What do you think of Drew Gulak's performance? Oh, man, I think Oni Larkin was was more impressive to me because I had no idea how good he was because I've never really seen a lot of him. And then I see him live and I'm like, fuck, this guy's pretty good. They gave this time, too. It was around like nine minutes. Um it was actually back and forth. Like I, like when I thought about the match and the build, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be Gulak like winning pretty quickly, and it wasn't. It was kind of like an even match, and I agree. I think Drew Gulak had a probably had one of the biggest pops of his career. So um, the Toronto fans were funny. Just, heels. just two grizzled veterans going at it. Love the match. Just you gotta love Gulak. I hope he has a really long title reign. Yeah. Um, as well, even like the the women's tag match in the pre-show. Oh yeah, that got a It was drop. like it was good, but I'm glad that the iconics are now like not really anywhere because they were doing nothing with the titles at all. And like even last night, Bliss like mentioned, she's like, "Yeah, we're fighting champs. We're gonna defend them." Another shot at the iconics. It's like, well, yeah, they've never defended it. I think they defended it like once or twice, and then of course they lost it on Raw, and now. I have a feeling that Bliss and Cross being the tag champs, it's going to be everything that Sasha and Bailey should have been. Yeah, it's going to be Bliss turning on Nikki Cross, and they're going to lose the titles, and then you're going to have a singles feud down the line. So I think we're all expecting that, but as for right now... I no, they'll have a good run, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. they'll run with it for now. I, I like the duo. Like It's really entertaining to me, because a lot of people are like, oh, they're just throwing to, together because they don't have any tag teams, which I wouldn't argue that, but now that they are together... It's it's it. I like it. Like Bliss is kind of like a tweener. She still acts kind of heelish, but now she's like a face. And then Cross kind of does her thing, and they just mesh well. It's pretty cool to me. Yeah. And uh, you know that pre-show actually. When you think of it, it's different from every other pre-show I've seen. The crowd was actually like cheering and in their seats, very into it. Especially the iconics coming out and that promo they cut. The crowd were like booing them, and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross got a nice pop, and Elias. Just absolutely destroyed the Toronto Blue Jays, <laughs> saying there's more people here than at a Blue Jays game. That's how you know Elias is here. Uh, he's going to take his talents to L.A. with his buddy Kawhi. 
that got the crowd even more invested and then and then it got edge, edge invested yeah, edge and came out massive pop on a pre-show i think i felt i've never felt that fucking excited in my life uh i felt like i was 10 years old and uh when he's the, th- the thing that really made me happy was when he came out, I thought for a second this would be a talk segment and he would like get on the mic. But instead, he just comes in the ring, pulls his hair and spears him <laughs> like old times. And I haven't seen that in God knows how long. So it was just amazing, especially live. That was amazing. That was a surprise return. That was uh, one of the moments that took me back as a five-year-old because I feel like if I was watching that on TV, I'd be like, oh, they just shit on Elias. <laughs> But we're sitting in the crowd and we're like, yeah, and we're screaming. <laughs> like One of our childhood favorites, just awesome to see Edge. And it's not like Elias is doing anything anyway, so whatever. Yeah. So uh, the start of the show, Becky Lynch, Natalia, another good pop from the crowd. I was actually surprised as soon as that guitar riff hit for Natalia, a little bit of cheers because it's like that Bret Hart type of vibe. She comes out with the Canadian flag. So they're going to cheer for that. But as the match started, the crowd was all into Becky's favor. Uh, she wins the match. A little bit mixed for Natalia. Some were there uh, cheering. But. I, I, I feel like when the match started, the crowd was all Natalia. Yeah. Like, they were booing Becky pretty bad when, when the match began. Because I remember in our section, there were a lot of, like, natty chants. And I was like, fuck, that's kind of... Like, when lot. Becky would get the upper hand, yeah. our section would, like, boo. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, but, yeah, Becky... Uh, Last night I really didn't understand. Like we'll get into that, but like the the whole arm, I yeah. didn't. I really didn't understand that. It's WWE. Um, this match was a lot longer than I thought it would be. Same. I thought this would be like, I thought this would be like maybe like in the middle of the card and it'd be like seven minutes, but instead it was it opened and it was like twelve minutes, maybe a little. I don't. I don't know. Maybe twelve minutes. I really don't know. But Natalia got her spots. Um, I love the where. Um, Becky went for the the sharpshooter and she got booed pretty hard. Yeah. And then uh, when uh, Natty did the disarmor, she got booed pretty bad too. So it was pretty fun. Um, I there were actually times there. I remember uh, Natalia had the sharpshooter in for like two minutes. It felt like I thought oh, she was in a thought she was in a tap so, out. I'm like, oh yeah. shit, is this like actually gonna happen? And then Becky made her tap out. Thank God, and uh, she retained. And yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good match for me. Uh, I remember when we did the preview, like the expectations were, who gives a fuck? But um, yeah, this was, this was, I guess, as good as it was going to get. I think my favorite part of this was uh, when Natty did the sharpshooter on the ropes and Becky was like in the turnbuckle. Remember that yeah, spot? Yeah, yeah. It didn't make any fucking sense because like I thought there'd be rope breaks in a submission match. That's what I that. thought too. We were all kind of confused, but like that, the visual was cool. This is all still so fresh in our memory, so once we watch it back, we may have a different opinion. But I thought the just the standard match, it was a nice way to open the show. <laughs> and next was uh, oh, Dolph yeah. Ziggler coming out with that promo that old Dol- DZ is going to still be here, even though the legends will come and go. And uh, just ripping on the crowd. And it still talks about Goldberg, how he doesn't tend to show up for matches. Goldberg's music hits. And... Uh, I know everyone in my section was going absolutely crazy when the, his he just broke open that door. See him come out the fireworks. That's just the best part of Goldberg experiencing the entrance. And thank God they had pyro because then that would be a horrible segment. But his entrance was worth it. The spears. What did you guys think of this? My favorite part was <laughs> Ziggler just getting the mic and saying, 
I don't I really don't remember what he said, but I remember he said, you can't come out here and do one move dipshit. Oh, yeah, any dipshit can hit one move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like any dipshit can hit one move on me and get lucky. And then he did it twice. He's like, what he says, like, you can't. Anyone can get lucky twice. <laughs> and then he comes back. And, like, it was, I guess it was cool because Ziggler's, like, the best at selling and it looked good. But, man, those super kicks. I thought that that would have like it should have been more than a one count. Come on, like like when he did it twice and it's like two one counts. I'm like, all right, this is Goldberg. He's not gonna really sell anything. So then I guess it, it was the best of a squash match. That's basically what it was. Uh, yeah, it's it pretty much what everyone was expecting. I just expected like one spear and then that's it. And then yay. The stuff with Dolph on the mic after was just a bonus and like one of the highlights of my life. Did he do the jackhammer? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh, yeah, he did. But, uh, yeah, so when he hit those super kicks, because I didn't really expect any type of offense, I almost shit my pants out of excitement. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God, just for a quick second, is this it? Because Goldberg <laughs> dropped twice. Yeah. So that was uh, that five seconds was hilarious to me, even though we knew Dolph was getting killed. Watch him come out, like, next month. and be like, no one's ever super kicked Goldberg, <laughs> but I have. And get a one count out of it. <laughs> But uh, after that, was that Bailey? No, AJ. AJ, okay. AJ and Ricochet. We saw some new gear for Ricochet. I don't know. This match wasn't as – I don't think it was as good as their other matches between these. So I was kind of surprised by that. I blame I blame the attire and I, I blame Ricochet's character. You got to do something different. I don't care how retarded your moveset is and you're jumping everywhere – don't have a character you're boring you're bland like and aj is probably the freshest guy right now on the roster he just aligned himself with his two good buddies he's now the only club that matters you know they have a whole merch section all that shit and then you're going up against ricochet he really doesn't have a character if you think about it like what is his character king ricochet that's not a character <laughs> well, that's if he wins King of the Ring. That would be pretty cool, but yeah, that would go my character. <laughs> I li- I like the finish where like he went like he caught him with the Styles Clash midair. That was very TNA of them. That was nice, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, it would it, it, there was nothing really new there, and it really is a shame for me to say that. Like it, it was 13 minutes. It the the one spot I liked was he stepped on both Carl and Luke to get to AJ. Oh, I was yeah, fucking that was, cool. that was cool. But other than that, yeah, um, to me, a pretty average match. I'll give it maybe like a B, B plus. But again, I love seeing these two go at it for the U.S. title because the U.S. title has not gotten any love since like John Cena. So it's good to see these guys go at it for that belt. Yeah, there were some sick spots in this match, but I feel like if this lived up to what everyone thought it would be, this would be one of the better pay-per-views of the year. Yeah. Because we saw in the final hour. Amazing Just stuff. exhilarating. And uh, if this is the undercard, AJ Styles versus Ricochet, and if it, if that knocked it out of the park, could have been a different story. But, yeah, I thought this was fine. Yeah. That's, to me, the problem, was it was fine. The only the bad match, we're going to talk about now, Bailey, Ember Moon. Not Joe. a big fan of this. Um, a lot of people in my section were saying, we want Sasha, this match is boring, this match sucks. Uh, booing Bailey as the match went on because like, they didn't really see anything different here. Ember Moon, they were even chanting some AEW chants, but it was getting phased out. We Want Sasha was probably the biggest one. Were you disappointed Sasha didn't come out and go to Bailey? Um, 
Yes, because Bailey needs it. Bailey needs it more than anyone else. And uh, this match basically just screamed that. No one gave a shit. And uh, it really sucks as well for Ember Moon because this is an opportunity for her. This is basically her first title match. And it was probably very forgettable. And other than the Bailey to belly off the top to end it was pretty good. Other than that, there weren't a lot of spots where, like, that were exciting or you thought Ember was going to win. So, yeah, um, to me it was kind of whatever. Um, very disappointed because I thought these two would actually put on a pretty decent match. Didn't really do that for me. It's kind of boring. It's really too bad because uh, they are two of the better women's wrestlers on the roster. And, like, if there's one match to forget about, it is this one. I feel like this is a match when you watch it back, it'll be better than you think. It's just because, like, everyone's expecting like a heel turn or Sasha and everyone was on that bandwagon that they kind of took away from the quality of the match. But at the same time, like there was a lot more going on and this just kind of got lost in the shuffle. So it's too bad for the two of them. I think they might have messed up by not having this start the show when the crowd was probably super hot after the pyro and probably would have added something, but this is very forgettable. And uh match we had after that. KO. Yeah. Kevin Owens and Shane. Shane came out and got the crowd back into the event. <laughs> the best in the world. I thought this was an I quit match, actually. Like, So I was lost when I saw like they needed Elias as a guest enforcer, Kevin Owens, and like, no DQ. So it was like a regular match. What did you think of KO getting the win? The here? thing that upset me the most was they built this whole program off of like the last SmackDown where like Shane basically beat the shit out of him. And I thought, like, at the end of the promo when he said, oh, you want it like this? Like, you want to be extreme? Then you'll get extreme. And then the show comes, and it's a singles match. And then a lot, the whole stipulation is Elias will be the special enforcer outside the ring. It's like, what, what the fuck is that? And, like, I'm sorry, the first, like, three minutes, Kevin Owens looked completely lost. He's, like, looking at Elias, not doing anything, and then looking back. And then, like, it's just, like, it was fun. It was very Attitude Era-like, but I think this could have been a little better than what I saw. But again, KO winning. The only Canadian to win. That's and so again, like I, if this means Shane fucks off now, then that's amazing. I so. highly doubt that. <laughs> uh, as much as I love Kevin Owens, there are times where he just looks like the biggest idiot. Because like, they had Elias there, and he's having the conversation with him, and it's a fucking nine count in the ring. And he loses track of where the ref's counting. And they did that like two, three times throughout the match. And you just kind of think back. Like, oh, remember the feud with Strowman where he tied him up against the cage and he could have just climbed out. But instead he's like blowing kisses at him. And like, it just seems like something's not there. It's like, just win the match. You got it there. And I thought they would give this more time. It was, it was, it felt like a SmackDown. Segment, yeah. Because like did. you just see Elias come out in the ref shirt. I'm like, okay, this is... To me, it was a waste of time. I popped for Owens, and that, that was, was about it. it. Yeah, it was yeah. Stunner. That was good. <laughs> then uh, after that, what do we have? Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte and Trish. This uh, longest match on the show. I thought this was going to be 15. Hey, I think it went 16. It so. did. 16.45 This to be was exact. Uh, a really good match, I thought. This I was. This was a close second for match of the night. I was impressed with Trish in the ring. I didn't think she'd come out and have this kind of offense and hurricane ranas and all this acrobatic moves. I like the spot on the turnbuckle when she went for the hurricane rana. Charlotte caught her. 
and then they're just swinging punches like half the crowd's chanting yes no and then she'd give that hurricane rana there was some moments where you thought trish might win it when she hit that uh stratisfaction bulldog thing that she does and then the kick to the face but charlotte made her tap out in toronto they did trish dirty like that <laughs> she the figure six that she called trish when she got hers and then charlotte got hers at the end the figure eight made her tap what'd you think of this honestly um i was so happy with this i thought this was gonna be like a 10 minute match where like charlotte just wins with like a natural selection or something like i didn't see trish tapping out but man trish was good and uh i'm watching and i'm like you know charlotte's like she's the one yeah, for the, the division yeah. she's the one if there's anyone that'll put a match out there and like with trish it's charlotte flair and charlotte did everything perfect in this match a lot of people i've read they said that this match was very slow Yes, it's not a typical Charlotte versus Sasha sprint, and it's very fast-paced. But Trish did her job here. She did the justice. I like when she stole the finisher. It was pretty cool. Um, I think I got a really big pop, actually, when she did the figure six, um, when she did the bridge, too. I was like, oh, shit, she might tap. Never did. But, man, Charlotte, uh, she is the number one woman on the roster. You can't, like, you can't argue it now. I'm looking at it like the way that she was placed on this card. Like last second, you have a monumental match with Trish yeah. Stratus, and then you go on the longest on the show. That just proves how valuable she is. She's the number one woman. I don't care how hot Becky's been all year. They're always going to push Charlotte, I think, over her, and she's the safe bet too. So I was very happy with the match. I saw Trish pull off so many moves that I've never seen her like pull off before. This is actually like the best I've ever seen her. <laughs> and it's a shame surprised. that she said it's her final match. Right? I hope it's not, because like I don't think so I don't think it is. I don't yeah. think it is. I think she'll be there for survivors. I don't know. I I could see it. That's all I really have to say. <laughs> yeah, maybe her and Alexa Bliss go at it. That was one of the matches for Evolution that was supposed to happen, and the concussions came in. But hopefully, it's not her last match. After that, we had another one. Ten years in the making. Kofi and Orton. I thought this one was a slower match than charlotte and trish man this was disappointing yeah i if this like if this delivered this would have been one of the better summer slams like if this delivered and if like aj and ricochet was a little better man this would have been unreal but man this match was just awful like i'm i'm trying i was like i remember the new day like the theme i was so into it you could ask this guy i was like dancing clapping all that <laughs> And, like, the promo was awesome, too. Very funny. How, like, Orton's like, oh, Kofi's stupid. He's an idiot, like, for having this match. And then it ends in a double countout yeah. where Orton goes to Kofi's family and he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of it. Like, he's holding him. And then Kofi just loses it, loses track, like, with Kevin Owens, and they get counted out. Mind you, no one knew what happened. The bell just rang, yeah, and we, and then there was just a chorus of boos everywhere. She's like, "What the fuck happened?" It's, it's the, it's one <laughs> and then Ko, and then uh, and then Kofi Kingston just beat the shit out of Orton to close the segment. Yeah, like I don't like I I don't want this feud to continue. I thought this was just gonna be like the one match. I was it, but yeah, this this is definitely continuing this feud, and yeah. I don't want it to. It's just, this entire segment just feel like it was other than the RKO like. It was built up so well, and I think because it's not going to be a one-match thing, they kind of did this purposely. It's like that it would push on to a second match, but 
wasn't a fan of this. To do that though for like a show like SummerSlam for the title, it's it's just kind yeah. of a waste of twenty minutes. And it was like Kofi's. This has been like an unreal run too. Like I don't know why they had to do it to Kofi, but. I think it's it's, it, it. the, the one thing I liked about the match was when he did the RKO and then he rolled out of the ring and everyone's <laughs> like, oh, Kofi, smart. <laughs> I was like, okay, like, I guess that kind of makes sense. But like everything else was just filler. Like you didn't need it. You didn't need Randy Orton at this, at this pay-per-view if you think about it. If, yeah. it was, if this was like the outcome, you didn't need any of them here. Like none of them at all. So waste of time for me, which is a shame. They see Orton. <laughs> I thought they should have just had him get disqualified and said stupid, stupid like 10,000 times. But Kofi being the aggressor at the end, he's a baby face. Kind of want to don't want to see that in your baby face that you're trying to push. So a little throwaway over there. Like I'm the one thing I liked about this too was I, I thought it was kind of unpredictable. I saw Orton winning at some points. I thought he was going to do the kick, like the punt. Because <laughs> I remember he did the RKO and he was, he was looking kind of frazzled and like frustrated. I'm like, what a perfect way to just bring the pump back and be Kofi, and that didn't happen, so waste of time for me. But at least the last hour was fucking unreal. Yeah, we had the main event, Brock Lesnar defending that title against Seth Rollins. I thought this would be a squash. Wait, 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 hold on. You didn't mention The Fiend. Oh, man, I almost <laughs> forgot about that. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, The Fiend <laughs> and Finn Balor. Finn Balor comes to the ring. And in all white and as soon as white. i saw that it's over <laughs> and then oh my god the greatest entrance of all time where firefly fun hose goes to let me in and out comes the fiend the scariest human being on the roster what did you think of the entrance holy shit uh, uh yeah you go you start this was the entrance was my favorite part of the entire weekend it was awesome that is not even a stretch that's that's a decisive answer right there. Um, the, my favorite part about the match, though, is when the second he went for the sister Abigail, Finn just went on a fucking rush of offense. And then the second he went back into his Fiend character, he just killed him within, like, five seconds. So, like, even though it was a four-minute match or whatever, psychology factor, it was an A-plus match for me. I just love the visual of him choking out Finn Balor. And then he just looks up and he's just like... Like that mask is just terrifying. But the thing that really made the segment for me was that it was everything that it was expected. A lot of like, I remember before the show, it, I'm like to a couple buddies, it's not going to be more than fucking five minutes. Like Finn's getting squashed here. This is about Fiend, the Fiend. This is not about Finn Balor here. No, no, Finn's going to put on good offense. He's, this should be about 10. No, no, it's not going to be 10 minutes. It was everything it should have been. Bray Wyatt looks like a fucking serial killer now with this character. He's a psycho. Um, if they continue doing that with like him going in and out of character, like I guess that's like his weak spot in matches. Like if he's like going like this and then they start beating him up and then it's like, oh shit, okay. And then he beats the fuck out of them. Just an awesome match. I love seeing Finn lose. The atmosphere <laughs> too, like of all the events that we've been to, that's the most electricity like I've ever felt being in that environment. It's like... Even like the new entrance, how it still relates back to Bray Wyatt, it's just perfect. Like the, it's just a lot like an edgier theme. This is perfect. And the sick psycho that he is comes out with his own head on the lantern. It's like the eater of worlds. The eyes are closed like a voodoo doll. He's carrying his head around to the ring. And then during the match, 
he got Finn Balor's neck and went like that just to spin it. Like, he just... Why not break his neck? That's cool. <laughs> Everyone in the section is there. Chatting. I'll never forget the reaction when he did that. And was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> you just it just him. dropped. And like, oh, okay. And then he ends a match there. That should entrance. be his finisher, if anything. Yeah. Just, that would be perfect because... Because why do you get up after that? <laughs> that was so dumb. That was the one dumb thing. He did that and he gets up like... And then that, you see him run to the stage when they close the lights. So I thought they can have that visual. Oh, yeah. He had to do it quick. I saw that. He's like, <laughs> turns well, around. Thank God he didn't fall. That, that, that was a room. scary visual. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's they got a great character here. And then they built on this perfectly with the main event. Brock versus Seth. I thought this was going to be a squash, like I mentioned. Bret Hart was backstage. That got everyone back invested in Seth Rollins. Uh, Seth comes in the ring. Brock got a huge pop he from did. my section. I no, he did. Yeah, he did. So he did. That was I was jumping up and down with the camera, <laughs> and then uh, everyone going crazy like kick his ass, Brock. It's like make Canada proud because he is Canadian <laughs> supposedly. Now he lives in Canada, so um, I was surprised. I this was too. Was like turn back the clock, Brock Lesnar, 2003. It was back and forth. What you guys think of this? Just got to say real quick, at NXT, when they showed the Brock and Seth promo, booed Seth out of the building. Yeah. Like, it was it was fucking hilarious. And then the next night, it was kind of mixed. And I'm like, oh, it's okay. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they were saying before, like, you look up uh, stuff on the internet after, like, this is one of the best matches we've seen from Brock in a long time. It was a solid 15-minute sprint. There were a lot of high spots in this match. Brock looked amazing. Uh, I can't wait to watch it back again because it's, it's still so fresh from being there live. But, yeah, this was an awesome finish. I didn't expect Seth to win either, which I think most people didn't. I didn't, know. Do you think they made the right call with that? Because I think Brock should have retained, especially after winning the money in the bank. and then If the match this. qualities were going to be like this, like consistently from Brock, then, yeah, like I would love to have Brock champ. But, yeah, like when Seth won... I was surprised. Yeah, I was like, surprised. oh, shit, okay. Like, is Brock done? Is he gone for a bit? Like, I don't really know where he's going, but he wasn't on Raw yesterday, so... And he was in the... Com- which was weird. Before, they showed that commercial for Clash of Champions, and Brock was in a lot of that commercial. So unless they are going to change it last minute and decided we're going to have Seth Champ instead, I don't know where you have Brock on the that The only card. thing I could see is Brock going to SmackDown now. Yeah, and just taking to. out Kofi or something. Because uh, remember on Raw, the, they did the backstage segment, and then Heyman's like, no more title chances for Brock. So it maybe is almost be- October, so maybe now we make the switch over, yeah. and then you're looking at a new WWE champion in time. Well, Brock, if like I said, if he, if he looks like this every single title defense, then why would anyone hate Brock Lesnar? So... It was amazing. Uh, the frog splash was great. Um, I love the spots where Seth landed on his feet, especially the F5 at the end there. It was perfect. You know, he went for the F5. It was, I, at first, I thought that was going to be it. I'm like, oh, it's another typical finish. Goes for the curb stomp, and he lifts him up. And then he landed on his feet, did the super kick, and then the third, and then that was it. That was a great, uh, great se- there were, I think there were like three straight great sequences in this match. I think that's what made it very, uh, very entertaining. And just they meshed so well together. Like, why have we not seen this before? Like, yeah. I know Brock and Finn was good. I know Brian and Brock was good. And I know AJ and Brock was good. But why can't you do that with Roman Reigns? 
think it's just their style. Like something about it. Like every match they've had, I've never really been invested in the build up or what they're selling. But when Brock faces guys like Joe and AJ, Brian, Finn Balor, like there's something different with what they offer to it that I'll get invested. But I don't know, there's something with him and Roman that their styles just don't go together. I think Brock should stick with that theme. Face the the smaller guys because, yeah, we've seen his best matches have come from guys like Brian and AJ and Seth. And yeah, like we've seen in the past, like Seth and Brock, like like their Mania match was pretty shit, but like it did the job. But this was like thirty times better. This is what the Mania match should have been. This yeah, exactly. If like if this main event at WrestleMania, I would have like this would have been ecstatic. This would have been amazing. But they went with the whole Becky thing and. But yeah, they, if the if the last hour of this show was not like this, then this show I don't know if I really would have enjoyed it that much. But man, I gotta give kudos to Brock. I gotta give kudos to Seth and especially Bray Wyatt because they made it a lot more interesting the last hour. But yeah, the show to me was uh, I remember I had 2018 on my top five SummerSlams. Uh, I don't know if it was better than last year's, but man, that that Fiend entrance and everything alone that's memorable in itself and that's gonna boost it. So. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that on DVD. It's going to be amazing. better than last year's, I think. I think for me, that's the main takeaway from the show, just The Fiend. You built a character right yeah. there. There it is. Just a matter of where you go from there. This had a lot more memorable moments than last year. Because last year, you just ended. It was so weird. Roman winning. like It was kind of like a squash a bit. And then the rest of the card didn't really deliver as much. So I think if we're doing another ranking of like 2014 and 2019, I think this one jumps 2014 and 2018 yeah yeah if we do like a list yeah this would probably be like maybe top three of the last like five six years it's just because the um, there's a few forgettable matches that's my only problem yeah because like you have the wwe title match was a bust awful one of the women's title matches was, uh, was a bust kevin Styles Owens and shane uh, was if styles and ricochet i said before if that was like you have those two guys at their best uh you look at the undercard Maybe it's a different story here. I don't know if it's in my top five, but I had a blast. The last hour was exhilarating. So it was a good show, yeah. That'll always boost it. Like if the last yeah, hour is amazing, that that, there's a show right there. Card. Yeah, now we're going to move to Raw. I'll quickly get go over it. So Seth came out, cut a promo. He got he got cheered, I think, for the most part. It, wasn't, it was more cheers than boos, which is hilarious because booing him two nights before that. Um, the OC came out to a a pop yeah, too a pop. uh aj uh basically saying that i'm the better champ and then that that yeah like he's uh, he's amazing and uh so then that that became a singles match uh to main event the show and that was that was pretty good um but the street profits then were backstage and this segment was amazing <laughs> with the street profits and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn basically going through like each babyface character saying how they're shit or pathetic or weak or whatever um i just loved what he said about uh what he said about seth rollins it's like yeah i came in he was so great like look at him and then now he's like oh burn it down we'll burn it down <laughs> pathetic yeah i just like oh that's pathetic and then after like the street was like oh yeah what do you think about uh samoa joe and samoa joe's right behind him and i love how samoa joe called him kevin owens water boy <laughs> that was pretty funny him into the wall and then, of course, we all assume that he's the face now, Samoa. And then he comes out, squashes Sammy, and then basically says, oh, well, screw all of you. You thought it was me that attacked Roman, and I'll never forgive you for that. And then he walked away. Uh, being there live, it was funny. 
we obviously pop for both of them. When you kind of sit down and look at it, though, you kind of think this is what they do with Joe. He comes out, he kills someone to promote a bigger feud, and then he loses that feud. And then he comes out again, chokes someone out, gets a title match, and then loses, and then back to square one. <laughs> so the segment was hilarious. Sami Zayn and Samoa Joe, they're amazing. But I hope they don't fall into that Samoa Joe trap where he just keeps losing. I'm not forget. I think it was after this. Didn't they? Pro- yeah, it was after this match. We're sitting in our seats, and the King of the Ring thing comes up, and, I, and we're like, "Oh, is this like a DVD?" And then, <laughs> and then it's like King of the Ring returns next week, and that got a huge pop from the crowd. Everyone's like, "Yeah!" We're like losing our shit, and I'm like, "Okay, well, is this like an actual King of the Ring where it's like a weekly thing, or is this just like one show where it's just King of the Ring?" So we'll have to wait and see for next week. But that got a big pop. And then, of course, we had Ziggler versus The Miz, and uh, that was pretty funny. Basically a rerun of the night before. Yeah. Dolph's a legend. Dolph is a legend. He'll make anything work. Um, I think The Miz here was too babyface for me. He was, like, too involved with the crowd. Like, he had a shirt, and he kept, like, showing it. It's like, <laughs> Toronto's awesome. And then, yeah. Like, yeah. I think the best part was uh, Dolph saying, you're not even the best wrestler in your family. Maurice is. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty That was pretty funny. I like what they're doing here with Ziggler. Um, I, if this means we're going to get Miz versus Ziggler down the line and like Miz wins, then I don't really get, understand the point of it. But I feel like there's something to give here with Ziggler. I feel like there's he's going he's gonna to get something for this. I'm excited just because we haven't seen face Miz versus heel Ziggler. Other than that, they've pretty much told all the stories that they have in the last few years. Their 2016 run was awesome for the oh IC title. So uh, just for that alone, I'm excited. After that, I think uh, Ricochet, no, Elias came out. Uh, he was going to do his concert, and then he was joking around. He's like, oh, yeah, people usually interrupt me. So, uh, yeah, just interrupt me right now. And then I thought it'd be like Edge, you know, someone like great. And then, of course, Ricochet comes out. It's like, oh, yeah, these two guys are doing nothing. Let's just – Let's have a match. This match was awful for me. Uh, God. Elias got maybe like a couple spots in. Uh, there was a couple botches. But Ricochet obviously got the win. Um, but yeah, this match was fucking awful for me. Well, how about you? Like, it was just awful. Yeah, it was uh, forgettable. But hear me out here. I think it's time for Elias to maybe change it up a little bit. Because it's been a couple years now of, hello, I'm Elias. And then someone's theme hits. Yeah, like it's entertaining. It's obviously awesome being there, and we laugh when we see Elias every time. But something's got to give now. I think it's time for a change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I think they changed his character so quickly. It was a face. He was gaining some momentum. That's what I mean. I think that's, that's what the Rumble. change should have should have yeah. been was the face turn. And then it's like, oh well, too bad. Yeah. We have Jeff Jarrett coming back. So there you go. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh god. But yeah, then we had the two out of three falls match, and they were actually promoting that. I think like before that too, backstage. Um, yeah, Ray lost two nothing, and to me this match, I was so excited for it, and to me it was it just came off as sloppy. There were a couple moves, like a couple spots. Obviously, they're going to be that were amazing. Like I, I it's so I've never, I believe it or not, I've never seen Ray. I don't think I've ever seen him live. So like seeing the entrance, seeing the six one nine was like a moment in myself. Like it was it was awesome, but I thought this was going to be a lot better than what it was. Like like we saw the SmackDown matches in the past. And this was basically like Andrade owning Rey Mysterio here. Like he got the dirty pin quickly and then he just got the quick pinfall after that. So, But I think this match was more about Rey's character 
like moving forward. I don't really know what they're doing with him. He did hint at it in a yeah. backstage interview. Yeah. Couldn't really make out what he said. I just heard my family, and that's then he walked away. I think I know what that means, but I don't really want to say that. I don't think he's going to retire. <laughs> I, I think I, think, I think he's going to insert his son at some point. Do you think we could finally see a Rey Mysterio heel turn? I think it would be appropriate now because he's not like as loved. So yeah, I think it would, it would probably like, work. I'd be curious to see how he would be as a heel. Like we never like RVD. He like they had that Paul Heyman thing where they were gonna <laughs> tease it and he'd be a Paul Heyman guy. They went with Curtis Axel because RVD didn't want to be the heel. I think that would have been good for him. But Rey Mysterio, we haven't seen that. I'm curious if he all the stuff he's picked up from all the guys like Eddie and Edge and working with those guys, if he would be a heel. I think people would be surprised. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think he has it in him. I don't think he has any direction of how to be a heel. He's been faced for so long, and if, if he were to come out and start shitting on the fans or whatever, it'd be like, a, no. You're Rey Mysterio it's you, for your family, for the universe, for fucking 20 years. So for me, it, it would, That's the guy's, true. The guy's amazing. He can still go in his mid-40s and love Rey, but I don't think he can pull that off. What if he comes out? Takes his mask off, leaves it in the ring. This is the respect I have for Mexican wrestling. And now that I have no respect for all of you, he just sticks a finger at the crowd and leaves with the bare face. Like, he still looks like he's 25, but just goes backstage and just boos. <laughs> I, I, I read somewhere before, maybe like a couple months ago, where they were going to align Andrade with Ray, like have yeah. Andrade turn face. But now that I see it, I could kind of see Ray starting to turn a bit, like if, if they were to go with it, because Andrade. I can't see him turning face anytime soon. Like if if it, if he were to turn face, it'd be like an emergency thing. Like yeah. oh, like we don't have enough faces. Like get Andrade on the show, get him in more of a marquee match. But more like if this if this is a trend, and if we're gonna see like let's say tonight again or something, and Ray loses, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if like Ray takes his frustration backstage on like someone. And like just like beats the shit out of someone. If Ray were to turn heel, could you see him possibly aligning with Andrade? That's what yeah, I meant. Yeah, for like sure. That's, yeah, for sure. It's like he just yeah. comes to the realization, like I, I can't just beat this guy, and this is the like next, I'll join him. This yeah. is the next Mexican star, yeah. I guess. And, and Zelina Vega cut the promos. Like yeah, that's like so like I what I heard was like Andrade aligning with Ray, so now mm-hmm. I can see Ray aligning with Andrade. It's like okay, like, if I can't beat him, I'll join him. Fuck it. Because for Andrade, we haven't really seen an, uh, a decisive win like that. Since what he debuted, when he when he won like yesterday, I was like, "Oh shit, two nothing!" Like you never see that two nothing, and like even like he even brought it up backstage. He's like, "I've never lost two in a row." <laughs> I'm like, "Well, Ray, you did." <laughs> I think they should have one more match though for redemption. Not none of this two out of three falls and fucking roll up in 15 seconds. To me, that just kind of waters down the match. Yeah, yeah, just do like a 15 minute. Just do it on SmackDown. Have a one on one. Go go crazy for 15, 20 minutes, and then. I love how Ray though. I think he's won what once. I love that because yeah. like you're, he's not at a time where he should be beating Andrade. I'm sorry, but yeah. Then we had Drew and Cedric, which was out of this world. This to me was on par of Goldust and Randy Orton when I when we watched it live all those years back. Like, cause like I remember when I when I think of Raw, like that when I went to watch it that time, I thought of that match. When I, probably in like a couple years, when I think of going to this Raw, I'm gonna think of Drew and Cedric, cause this match to me was perfect. You made Cedric a star. Drew, I didn't see him losing. He didn't, thank God. But man, you, the, to me, the biggest takeaway here is 
Cedric Alexander is a star, and I think his push is just starting. I think yeah. this whole King of the Ring stuff, I said before the pod went up, if he wins like a couple matches, I would not be surprised. Even if he wins it all, King Cedric, that sounds pretty good. Um, but yeah, like I feel like they should pump the break, the brakes maybe a bit with Cedric. But like I remember maybe two weeks ago I was bashing this program. But if this was the conclusion, I'm all for it. It was perfect. Easily the match of the night. Easily. Um, Drew bumped like a fucking animal for Cedric. Yeah, these two have amazing chemistry. I absolutely love the match. I would love to see these two go at it deep into the King of the Ring tournament. Yeah. And then go at it. Uh, yeah, this is just awesome stuff, really. Nothing Probably be bad first, to say. I think so. First match on the... Something about that where I can see them taking Cedric out early and pushing Drew along because... I think they need some surprises in this and not make it predictable. You need a face and a heel in the final for it to really work. Just curious to see what direction they go with that. I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think the final is going to be Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre. Now that I'm kind of thinking about it, because it's going to be a SmackDown star and a Raw star. That's how the bracket's probably going to be. But man, like I'm like I I could see Cedric like getting a surprise win against a couple big like i could see him beating baron corbin i could see him beating cesaro i could see him beating like guys like that like like i don't know like is he getting a push like a ali like because like when ali came up like he was getting praised like by guys like brian and then he got inserted right away and then he got injured it's so, really uh it's it's tough to tell yeah because like, like i'm not gonna say they're directionless right now but like if they can consistently get on TV and dish, dish out matches like that, maybe you don't have to be thrown into a title picture and thrown up the card or whatever. Just keep doing what you're doing, and then maybe your time will come. Because right now, Cedric, this is... The this best is I've his, seen him. Yeah, and he's he's not really in a prominent spot, but it's it's the most he's gotten in the last two years. Yeah, and then after that, we had Robert Roode versus No Way Jose. <laughs> you got to cool the crowd down a bit. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of upset because, like, Bobby Roode's entrance I thought would be a little bit more meaningful to, like, the city. And, like, the city didn't really cheer that much. And, yeah, like, this match was whatever. I think Bobby Roode deserves a shit ton better than this. And that was basically it for me. Not, not Really nothing else to say. I think it was just another Toronto wrestler coming out, and that was basically it. Because I remember the last time we went, last year, and he wasn't on the show, and I was like, it's a little weird. I think he was doing house shows all at that time, but whatever uh, this was whatever and then we had the backstage of paul Heyman saying that he's at a loss for i love when he mocked charlie Car- that was hilarious <laughs> what do you think dude <laughs> i love always like always like to her he's like how do i tell brock that he doesn't have a rematch and then he just turns around and slams the door <laughs> so i think that was a hint that he might be going to smackdown because like yeah or like he just beats up whoever yeah like, how do i back. tell brock it was, that was awesome. Nice. That was the best part. And Charlie Caruso. He looked like he was going to cry. Like, Paul, he's like, how do I, she how do I tell Rock? trying not to break character. Yeah, like, she I was, don't know how she did that. So I was dying watching that. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the Becky, remember the Becky promo to start Raw? She was like smiling, like nonstop. Charlie, she's like, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, then, then we had the Lucha House Party oh, versus God. the fucking Revival. And then our truth came out. Who was it? You? Someone said that they weren't. They were expecting this to happen. They collapsed. Was it collab? Yeah, because this match came on, and uh, 
he's like, oh, this is this is nothing. Like, expect our truth or someone to come out. Like, look around like the area to see if there's any wrestlers, and expect then a herd of people. Then they all fucking run out. The <laughs> it was perfect. I loved it. Um, our truth pinned. Uh, no, uh, the revival pinned our truth. Double champions to win the fucking. <laughs> that was amazing. And then of course our truth then pinned Scott Dawson <laughs> to win it back. But then the best part, they go backstage. And they're hiding, and Dr- I love Drake Maverick, by the way. That guy's a fucking beauty. Um, and then Elias just comes out, just gingerly walks behind him, goes like this, get the ref, gets the guitar, and just wails and pins him, and that was it. And then uh, there was a walk with Elias chant, and that was it. I think he's a three-time champ now. It's yeah. kind of hard to keep up. I, I remember I, I didn't know that he won, and I like popped really hard when he won. <laughs> I was like, yeah! <laughs> His first title. He looked. He was like, "Oh no, man! He's won before." I'm like, "Oh <laughs> shit! Damn it!" But yeah, that was it. And then we had the Natty segment, where there was there's a lot to talk about. There, she came out. It was very uh very emotional, and then Sasha came out, and that was very emotional, and then the heel turn, and then she's a Smurf. <laughs> but the thing that really made this was Becky's involvement, which means we're finally gonna get Sasha versus Becky Lynch. After like five years being on the main roster, finally gonna finally go one on one. I think I said it like a week or two ago. Like they've always been connected, but never had a one on one feud. And it's about time they do. No better time than now because the Becky's really gone shafted with her opponents. No disrespect to Nata, uh, Natty, but yeah, this should this should be awesome. Sasha and Becky. I just don't want like uh, the program that she did was good. Becky, like she wasn't like a really really baby face. Like she wasn't corny. Like she was like oh like I'll take on anyone. That's how the game works. I just hope that now with Sasha full blown heel, I don't want to see like a really really baby faced Becky Lynch. Like I don't want to see that. So like I hope that like they do like a tweener Becky versus heel Sasha. Just like Sammy said, now it's manufactured. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Yeah, that was good. Um, Alina, what did you think of that segment? It was good, but now with Sasha as a heel, you're going to have to do a lot of one-on-one segments where they're in the ring to build this feud because if you just have her attack Natalia and then attack be, um, Becky Lynch, it's going to be all about, oh, who attacked who one week and then the other week. If they can do something similar to what Trish and Charlotte did in their build-up for this one, where they're just shooting back and forth, that will make me more interested in this match. Then we had the Viking Raiders take on uh, two jobbers. That was fun. Yeah, yeah Sebastian Suave and Carter Mason. Smash Wrestling. Yeah. Smash Wrestling, and uh, this was very quick. It was pretty funny. Um, that little guy got thrown. Like, yeah. thrown. Like, yeah. like, thrown. <laughs> oh, my God. That finish was amazing. Lift some. That was it. <laughs> done but yeah then we had uh, the tag team title match i thought this one was better than the one at SummerSlam. uh nikki cross and alexa bliss versus the kabuki warriors um oscar got a big pop Kyrie, not so much and like <laughs> like you said with the entrance theme they mix it together this guy's like this is fucking embarrassing they don't have a theme (laughs) just look around the roster and like some people have like amazing themes you can't do that for these two (laughs) what yeah it was it was actually so funny as great as they are as a tag team though because they have they have really good chemistry i would not be opposed to just breaking them up and then starting fresh over i thought for a second they were going to hint at that yesterday 
Because, like, that's fucking Asuka and Kairi Sane. Yeah. Well, because they're Japanese, you throw them together. I thought, no, because I thought, like, when, uh, I think it was after the match, Kairi got pinned, and Asuka was on the outside looking in. Yeah. And I thought, I'm like, oh, is this like a, you can't do a, a heel turn in, like, back to back. Like, you can't do that, but I think it could have worked there. But I think down the line, that's going to happen. I think Kyrie and and Oscar are gonna go like one on one, and I think that's gonna be something great. Will they have their time first as champions eventually, or do you think it's gonna break up before that? I think yeah, it might break probably. up before because that's like a, that's I can't see them being like a long term team, especially with Paige out now long term. She's yeah. out again. Yeah, neck surgery. So there's really no Mel's oh, piece there, oh, and that's gonna be rough. She had the cup promos. Yeah, and then we uh, ended with Seth and AJ. Um, I basically called this. I thought this would end in DQ, and it did. And then Ricochet and Braun Strowman come out to help Seth. The thing that upset me was I think Braun hinted at a universal title match with Seth Rollins, and I don't want to see that. <laughs> I don't want to see two baby faces go at it for the belt. And if Braun Strowman turns heel one more time, oh, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my shit. So... If anyone turns heel here, it's Seth Rollins, and I'm kind of down for that. But I have this weird feeling that if this program happens, Braun's turning heel. I don't even know with Braun anymore. I just want him to come out and tear shit up. I loved what he did. When though. it comes to his character, like it's it's kind of thrown out the window, and that's they kind of did that with the last heel turn in October. Which that was, we were face. there live. That was awesome. That was awful. That was awful. <laughs> and a month later, that was bad. I'm a, it, it is fresh, these two together. I'm excited to see how the, uh, the two of them will mesh, but um, we're, I'm not expecting... We're either getting Strowman versus Seth or Strowman versus Styles. I know that. I think they should have... Like, as AJ and Seth will always be good at the very least, but they should have started it off with Braun and Seth. Because we were all expecting Seth to have like a reboot. Like, okay, what's next for him? They should have just started right away with Braun instead of AJ come out and then after the show hint Braun and Seth. Yeah. I, I, again, Seth needs to turn heel. I still think that has to happen. And I, I guess Braun would be a good person to turn heel on. But Braun is a monster and he's probably one of the most protected. So I, I don't really know how this would work. Like I, I assume Seth would lose by DQ at Clash of Champions, but I don't want to see that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe he turns heel on Raw. I don't, I don't know. I have no idea. But if this is what's going to happen, it's fresh, it's new, so I would be excited for it nonetheless. But that's basically Raw. And now tonight we have SmackDown. One more day. One more day. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's basically it for this part two, Alino, yeah. out of uh, SummerSlam and NXT. Well, you didn't watch NXT. SummerSlam, what would you give the overall grading? I, you know, I was entertained. I thought it was a fun show. Had some great moments, great matches where the crowd were actually chanting, this is awesome, and invested. So that's what you want. Uh, Bray Wyatt's new entrance took it up a notch. I'm going to give this 7.5 out of 10. It was a good show to be a part of. They had some bad matches, so I'm going to be good B+. Plus. I think the last hour really boosted it up for me. Like, yeah. Like a B plus, 7 out of 10. It was just a good show. Yeah. It had the potential to be great, but, you know, good stuff. <laughs> now, the, the biggest question for me is what's next for The Fiend? I just, I, I, that's the thing I love. I have no idea what he's doing now. I think he should get the Brock treatment. I don't want to see him every week. I don't want to tire that character out. 
make it a it's a special appearance, a big fight feel when you see him. So if we go like three weeks without hearing that theme, and he just comes out and fucking shoves his hand down someone's throat again, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see him wrestle at pay-per-views, and that's it. Same. You only show up Firefly Funhouse every week, and that's when you have somebody challenge him, and he accepts it through there. And then at pay-per-views, he comes out as a fiend and just Pizza. beats him in like three minutes. I love it. I'm not as worried about this because Bray <clears throat> has like a lot of control behind this character. I just hope they give him the full green light when it's time. Yeah, I think he needs a lot of titles with this character. Like, I feel like Mania season comes. This is a priority. You'd hope so. Like, the oh, fiend yeah, is a pro- like. <laughs> just, just imagine the entrance at Mania for him. In like the main event. I think at one point. I don't know if people would be down for this. You can do the Fiend versus the Demon King. Yeah. Yeah. But again, those two are very protected. Yeah. That's, so it, it wouldn't be anytime soon. No. I think that would be like a emergency thing to yeah. do. Like it's like, oh shit, we have nothing else really going on. Okay, these two going both in their big characters, both haven't lost. Who's gonna win? <laughs> and that's it. But and to then, me, if that were to happen, that's that would be the step where it's like, okay. Now He's for real. Yeah, Bray's a Big star. game player. Yeah. That's what's been keeping him back for so long. So we'll have to wait and see. But, yep, next week we'll probably be talking about SmackDown, other things. Not really sure yet, but we'll figure it out. Thanks, guys, for watching part one and part two. Stay tuned.